0: So again, from Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 through 33. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Blessed is the word of the Lord. For many thousands of people here today, this will be an hour of decision. You will never be the same today. Even if you refuse Christ, you'll never be the same. Once you've faced him, once you've heard the gospel and rejected it, you can never be the same. It says when the rich young ruler rejected Christ. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see Billy Graham up there, huh? Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a ministry. A uh, man who is gifted by God, clearly with the gift of evangelism. And uh, through the years, through the decades, um, tens of thousands came to faith in Christ uh, through his ministry. And yet, you, you saw the question that we asked of people. Uh, we left it online, and um, people were able to respond. This is just a sampling of What we received to the question, has anyone ever tried to save you? Um, If you were able to see all the answers, there was not one answer that I would categorize uh, as being positive. All of them, all of them, um, would be categorized as something like the ones that you saw. So, you know, we are the Evangelical Covenant Church. Well, what does it mean to be Evangelical? It means that we have a commitment to sharing the good news of the gospel, that we take seriously uh, the Great Commission, uh, that we are to go and we are to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And yet... When you see the word evangelism, what comes to mind? Well, if you're thinking of an event or an evangelist, maybe Billy Graham, maybe Greg Laurie, maybe Louis Palau, these are all famous evangelists. But for most of us, we don't have the gift. Of evangelism. We're we're not Billy Graham. We're not Greg Laurie. We're not Lewis Plough. Not all of us have the gift of evangelism, but all of us are called to do the work of evangelism. Does it make sense? And yet, when we hear the Word, it strikes fear into most of our hearts. Because we associate it with a method. And the method is getting up in front of people, uh, giving an invitation, a gospel invitation followed by uh, uh, calling people forward to receive Christ. Or maybe we associate it with going door to door, knocking on the door. Or maybe we associate it with standing on a street corner saying, Excuse me, sir, can I have a moment to tell you about Jesus? Those are all stereotypes of evangelism, are not they? And for most of us, when we think of that, we're not thinking, yeah, I can't wait, right? Most of us are thinking, ooh, that's not me. I'm not very comfortable with that. That's not my gift. And yet, every single one of us here is called. And we are called to proclaim um, God's rule and reign through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's, That's the kingdom of God. But what I want to share with you and what we're going to be looking at over the next several weeks is what if evangelism, what if evangelism, what if sharing your faith meant simply being yourself. Being the man or the woman that God created you to be, and simply being available to live in the world as He created you to be, available um, to connect and become a part of other people's lives. Now that sounds like something we can do, doesn't it? It's something that you're probably doing already unconsciously without consciously thinking about how might God use that in the context of my sharing my faith. So, for the next several weeks, we are going to be going through this book. It's called Evangelism Without Additives. What if sharing your faith meant just being yourself? Um, It was formerly known uh, as A.K.A. Lost. That was the name of the book. Uh, They've changed the name of it. Uh, I did a sermon series on this in another church where I was the pastor. And at the end of the several week sermon series, it changed people's understanding of what it meant to be available to Christ to share their faith. It reframed their understanding of the E word, evangelism. Because the truth is, if we're really honest with one another, evangelism isn't normal for most of us. But the biblical truth is, it should be. It should be. So how can we get from where we are, to where God calls us to be, to where Jesus has invited us to join Him in His work of sharing the good news in the world. This sermon series and this book are going to help us get there. And as I said before, when, when I did this in another church, I cannot tell you, it just completely changed people's understanding of what it meant to live in the world for Christ. But not only that, are you ready? And this is a thing none of us talk about. For those of us that it isn't normal, there's this kind of underlying sense of guilt or shame. And we walk around sometimes feeling bad about it. Because the Holy Spirit is telling us it should be normal. And it's convicting us and prompting us, and yet, most of us don't respond. We just don't respond. The good news is, that after we're done, okay, every single one of us, I think, will be able to, and will want to. And we'll see opportunities that you've never seen before. And the good news is, you get to do it just by being yourself. You don't have to be Billy Graham. You don't have to be Pastor Todd. Okay? You can just be yourself. So, uh, this book uh, will be available to you. Uh, We'll have them for purchase out in the lobby for the next several weeks uh, after, before, and in between services. I know several of our home groups, our small groups, are going to be using this. Uh as they go through the sermon series uh along uh with us, they'll do it in their in their home groups, which by the way, if you're not in a home group, if you're not in a small group, you should be. Be a great thing for you to do. Uh I'd encourage you uh to contact Pastor Tyler. Uh he oversees that area of ministry in our church uh or our church office, and we would love to help connect you uh in your card. Uh, the welcome card and the worship guide, the bulletin, uh, just put on there. Um, hey, I want to know more about becoming a part of a small group. And we'll get to you with that. So, these are available, okay? Are you ready? Yeah. Huh? Yes. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, you know, the reason this service was fuller last week, more fuller than this week? Well, last week was Easter. But probably the other reason is they they saw the sermon title. (laughs) And they say, oop, I'm staying away. It has to do with with evangelism. So, we want to be a part of bringing the good news of proclaiming the rule and reign of God through His Son, Jesus Christ, right? To every person in every place. We're going to start right here in our church. We're going to start right here. And uh, Eagle River. Can you believe that? And here's how we're going to start. By coming to a fundamental understanding of how God created us. So, Psalm 139. You, most of you are familiar with this. For you created my inmost being. This is David who writes this. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Good news this morning. Every single one of us here this morning is a unique creation of God. That before the foundation of the heavens and the earth, God knew you. God had you in mind. God created you. You bear His image. We call that the Imago Dei. That's Latin, right? For image of God. And because of that, each one of you, each one of us here this morning, has value and worth. Every single one of us here Because God not only created you for Himself to be in relationship with Him. Every single human being He created to be in relationship with Him. Okay? With Himself. But He created you with great intentionality and with a purpose. With a purpose. And I contend that in part, that purpose is to help others come into the personal relationship with Him that He designed them for and created them to be in. Okay? So, first of all, we have to understand that every single one of us is a unique creation of God. We have worth and value based on that alone. And that He's created us for Himself and but for a purpose. Now think about this. He not only knew you from before the foundations of the earth, but as He thought about you, He thought about the things you'd be doing. The life that He intended for you to live. Check this out. This is one of my favorite verses in all the New Testament. Ephesians 2.10. Are you ready? This is a follow-up to what we just read in Psalm 139. This is good stuff, everyone. Man, I get excited about this. For we... We's you and me, right? You and I. For we are God's handiwork. Well, we just read that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So not only were we fearfully, wonderfully made, not only were we created to be in relationship with God, we were created to be a part of God's work, His kingdom work in the world. And He created those works in advance that we might walk in them. And so what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks is an aspect of what He created us to do. Part of those good works that He created in advance that we would walk in them. And then you see this person who's fearfully and wonderfully made. And you see these good works that were created in advance that that they might walk in them. And they come together in Christ Jesus. Wow. That is good stuff and yet most of us we say to ourselves really (laughs) who me right who am I who am I? Really? God really did that? Pastor Todd, you must be talking about somebody else. You you can't possibly be talking about me. Yes, I am. Yes, he did. He did. And most of us, when we think of living in the world for Christ, we, we put ourselves way down in the list of saints who are making a difference in the world. And we look up and we, we see folks like Billy Graham and say, Billy Graham, right? <laughs> Me. Okay, by the way, I'm going to take a little rabbit trail. That's the sin of comparison. If we are fearfully and wonderfully made, if God created good works for us in advance, that we might walk in them. If we get stuck in the trap of comparing ourselves to others, we'll never be the person that God created us to be. Because I guarantee you, when we do that, we always end up on the short end of the stick. Unless you have a huge inflated ego and have sociopathic tendencies. But statistically, that tells me a very small percentage of the population has that. So for most of us, we always end up on the small end of the stick. This morning, I want to tell you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a unique creation of God. God created you for Himself and for a purpose. God created good works in advance that you should walk in them. Okay? And the magnificent... The magnificence of who we are and God's purpose, they come together in the person of Jesus Christ. And when we come to know Him, then we can walk in the fullness that God intends. And yet, we see ourselves as less than. Jesus taught two parables side by side, only three verses. The parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the yeast. Let's look at them again. We read them this morning. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like this. Excuse me. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Okay, now these are parables intended to help people understand the kingdom of heaven. What it's about. What it looks like. What their place is. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Now understand, in Jesus' day, in the region that we call, or was known as Palestine, the mustard seed was known to be the smallest of all seeds. Small and seemingly insignificant when compared to other seeds. Wow, we already begin to see the metaphor come to life, don't we, when we apply that to our own life. Most of us see ourselves as mustard seeds, don't we? Small and insignificant compared to others. All right, let's read the parable. Though it is the smallest of seeds... Yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants. So large it becomes a tree, so that the birds come. Next slide. No, uh-huh. no. Oh, I don't see. First slide. Back, first slide. There you go. Thank you. So that the birds come. That's what I get for reading it here, not my Bible. So that the birds come, okay, and perch in its branches. So here is the mustard seed. It's so small, but it's planted and it grows so expansively, it becomes so large as the plant that that, that bears the image of a tree. And the birds come and perch and benefit from its shade. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Then right after that, he goes to the, the next parable. And it says, he told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Now think about this. Sixty pounds of flour. Ladies and men. Is that a lot of flour? Okay. Now normally, in the Scripture, when we see a, an example of like 60 pounds of flour and a little bit of yeast, you know, we call that hyperbole, right? It's overemphasizing to make an important point. But in this case, in Jesus' days, it's a little bit of hyperbole, but it's something that, that, that the average person could relate to. Because they'd say 60 pounds of flour, Wow! How could a, a little bit of yeast impact that? And yet, when the 60 pounds of flour is kneaded and a little bit of yeast in with it, the flour changes. It's fundamentally changed, the nature of that flour. And the reality of that is seen when the the bread is baked. Okay? So here's what these two parables are teaching. The first one, the parable of the mustard seed, is teaching how extensive the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, will be. It starts out very small. Seemingly unnoticeable. And yet it's going to expand. It's going to be so extensive that it will reach every part of the world. Okay? But how did it start? With a movement. Jesus, 12 disciples. How in the world could something seemingly so insignificant, so small, become something that is so extensive and expansive? But that is like the kingdom of heaven. Okay? That's the kingdom of heaven. It's amazing. So the first is, the kingdom of heaven is the expansion. You have to understand, the Jewish people, when they were looking for their king, their Messiah, they thought that it was going to be, bam, miracle grow, instant expansion. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 it's not going to be like that. You have to understand, it's going to be like this. Okay? And then the second part, the yeast is talking about how not only will the kingdom of heaven expand and be so expansive it's going to reach the othermost parts of the world but it's going to impact and affect every sphere of life that the yeast needed in the 60 pounds of dough will impact every ounce Of that dough. And that the kingdom of heaven. Will not only be expansive. But it's going to be. Intensive. There will be no sphere of life. No place. That it does not impact. And have its effect on. Uh, the great Dutch theologian, Abraham Kuyper, uh, he called this sphere sovereignty. And this is what he said that there is not a single inch of all creation that Jesus Christ does not claim and say, This belongs to me. Wow. That's what the parable of the yeast is talking about. So now, how does that happen? It begins with something as small as a mustard seed or with a little bit of yeast. Isn't that great? For those of us who think of ourselves as mustard seed. Isn't that significant for those of us who would think of ourselves as just a little bit of yeast in a whole big world? What difference can we make? Jesus is saying in these two parables, all the difference in the world. That's good news. That you don't have to be Billy Graham, you can be yourself. God created you to be yourself. And in the context of that, you can have a great impact in the kingdom work in the world. Chapter 1 of this book is entitled, Boldness is Overrated. Because most of us think we have to have the boldness of a Billy Graham to make a difference. What Jim Henderson is saying And what Jesus is saying is, no, you don't just be yourself. Be a mustard seed. Be a little bit of yeast. Let the Lord knead you in the dough of the world. And you will make a profound difference. Okay? Just allow Him to plant you in the soil of culture in which you live. The neighborhood, the workplace, the school. Just let Him plant you and turn you into that soil and watch and see what He does. You see, because God is the one, ultimately, that causes the growth. God is the one, ultimately, that reveals Himself and impacts every sphere of life. Us. Um, Matthew 10.42 If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple truly I tell you that person will certainly not lose uh, another translation would say it this way Even a cup of water given to someone in the name of Jesus will be counted to you as blessing. Okay? Jesus is saying, even a a cup of water given to the least or seemingly least significant of My disciples, if you reach out and and you, you, you do something in My name and just give them a cup of water to refresh them, it will be counted to you as blessing. A seemingly insignificant act. In fact, when I when I got my water this morning out of the Mission Cafe, I reminded Eileen, who was working, I said, you know what Jesus says? That even a bottle of water given to the pastor in, in Jesus' name, it will be counted to you as blessing. Yeah. Amen? That's good stuff! Yeah. Alright. But now, Jim Henderson rewrites this verse. And it's really good stuff. So I want to I share with you. Are you ready? If anyone, even cowards are for Jesus, right? <laughs> People that are afraid. Gives even. Small things in the economy of heaven are big things. A cup of cold water. Ordinary things are the real things. Because he is my disciple, good intentions count too. He will not lose his reward. It counts, and God will reward it. Okay? Let's take a closer look at Jesus when we think of of how Jesus shared the good news of the kingdom. Number one, He asked great questions. Do you know... That you can you could just talk to somebody, you could give a, a, a free attention giveaway. Pay attention to somebody just by asking them a question. Engage them with a question. Jesus asked good questions, didn't he? In fact, when he was challenged theologically by the teachers, the scribes, the Pharisees, right? Seldom did he answer them directly. He normally answered them with what? A question. We can learn to ask questions and engage people. Connect with them just by asking questions. He wasn't frenzied when it came to moving people closer to the kingdom of God. Now, when I was coming up, and I first came to Christ, and I was a part of the church, and I went to the evangelism class, they used to tell me, listen... You've got to know the Word of God. You've got to just know what it says. You've got to be so good at sharing it with people because you know what? That might be the only chance that person has to receive Christ. And if they say no to you, then they're going to spend eternity separated from God in hell. Ooh. I mean, it all depends on me. Evangelism is a process a process some seeds are planted it's given some fertilizer it's watered along the way God's at work in a person's life and, and you know what I may come to a place where I have opportunity to share the good news of the gospel with somebody and they may say hmm that's interesting I'll think about it okay But all is not lost. Because no one comes to the Son unless the Father calls them, unless the Father draws them. I get to be a part of the work through which He draws them. And maybe they don't come to faith this time, but they will down the road when some seemingly insignificant mustard seed has the privilege and pleasure of seeing them come to faith. Does it make sense? Jesus wasn't frenzied when it came to moving people closer to the kingdom. He had a plan and He stayed on task. He was consistent, not frenzied. He operated in a relatively small geographical and cultural space. Okay? He had impact in the place where he lived, in the region that he was from. He built relationships. He was intentional. In other words, he he bloomed where God planted him. And we do the same thing. And finally, quote, sinners found him approachable. Found him approachable. Those are, those are just some characteristics of Jesus and, and how He shared about the kingdom, okay? Jim Henderson says this, the author of our book, I want to be like Jesus. Do you want to be like Jesus? Do you? Do you want to be like Jesus? Yes. I hope you do. Okay? I want to be friends with the people Jesus misses most. Those are people we call lost. Right? But, but Jim Anderson reframes it. He says, no, don't call them lost. Call them the people Jesus misses most. That changes how we see them. I want to be friends with the people Jesus misses most. The people formerly known as lost. Let's call them missing instead. They're the ones that are missing here. They're the ones that should be filling these empty chairs. They're missing. We should miss them. I want missing people to like me, to want to hang out with me. I want to partner with Jesus in seeing them cross the starting line into the kingdom of God. That's what I want. And I pray that's what you want. And I'm asking the Lord over the next several weeks, as we go through the sermon series based on this book, that that will come to fruition. That'll be a reality in all of our lives. Amen? Amen. So worship team comes forward. Let's pray. Father, we thank You this morning for Your Word. We thank You for the good news that we can be a part of Your kingdom work in the world of sharing the Gospel simply by being the people You created us to be. And Father, I thank You that there is room in Your kingdom work For people like me, a mustard seed. Because sometimes I feel just like a little bit of yeast in 60 pounds of dough. What difference can I make? But Father, you have reminded us that each of us together, fulfilling the purpose for which we are created, can make all the difference in the world. And that we can be a part of helping people cross the starting line in the race of faith, as they they enter into the kingdom of God, as they trust Jesus Christ to be their Savior. Father, enrich our lives, encourage us, help us to be who You created us to be. To Your honor and to Your glory, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.